0: What is up everybody? Welcome in. It is Lo, your host, and we have the full team tonight with Brando, Alex, and Drew for yours, your Vols ATV special edition of I Don't Give a Damn about the whole state of Alabama. We don't give a shit. We are six and zero. Oh. It has been four days, and I swear to God, it is not that it is not dimmed for one second, the excitement. <clears throat> Behind this football team. I mean, let's see. Drew was there. Brando was there. I was there. Unfortunately, Alex was not there. But these are some of the greatest memories. Like this past weekend is hands down one of the best days of my life. And I know it's a college football game, but that just is what it is. There is nothing sweeter than this weekend for me. Go ahead, guys. Oh, yeah. On
1: i've told everyone i've talked to about the game like easily the best day of my life like being at the game it was absolutely insane like when we got we went to the spire tailgate and like the environment there was absolutely insane you could barely move uh shout out to them supplying all the free drinks and food that was pretty crazy pretty nice to them um just leading up to it man the ball walk like seventy thousand, bro it's kind of like that one meme it's like who would have thought we'd be here not me but i'm basking in the glory i've been drinking from the keg of glory uh you know we went a little hard pregame but man like it was just crazy like the energy in there in Nealon stadium you know from kickoff before kickoff <laughs> reaching 115 decibels and at the end reaching 125.4 breaking the record and causing a state like a season graph earthquake kind of thing that's absolutely insane and i just thought it was crazy how we brought it man it was the best game i've ever been to best day of my life oh my god
2: top three best day of my life for sure easily the best not just Tennessee game, football game, sporting event I've ever been a part of, that atmosphere, and it's like I told Brando before the show started, completely shitted on Ole Miss last year. I mean, I didn't. I thought it'd be hard for us to top it off from just every, how everyone exi- was excited about that one. But, like, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was, it was you know, like, ear-wrenching even before kickoff. You know, and it, it even got louder, especially in that fourth quarter. But... Unbelievable win. This is stuff that, like, literally you wouldn't even make up in movies. Just the way that we won, as well. Unbelievable performances that we'll most especially talk about towards Jalen Hyatt. But my God, I don't give a flying fuck about the entire
3: state of Alabama. God damn it, it's great to be a Tennessee ball right now. (laughs) I mean, y'all still, y'all still all all the good stuff to say. (laughs) But, uh, no, I mean, like, like y'all said, like, I couldn't make it just due to travel and schedule with all that. Um, but I, I've watched a lot of Tennessee football games where I said I never turned away. This was one I literally was watching commercials because I was so excited for the game to come back on. Like I was like, <laughs> i need keep this commercial to hurry up and end. I'm going to just stay in here because I don't want to miss a single second of this. But to beating Bama, oh, I missed. i drink a beer to it. I love it.
0: And it's in their colors, so piss on them. Piss on them. So, we talked just a little bit about the environment. I told this story on uh overtime the other night, but this is something that is like so in line with my life and what happens to me. I was so fired up for the game all week. <clears throat> all week long, as I always am. I usually add my ticket to my wallet no later than Wednesday, tops. Well, I go to the Spire tailgate, as Brenda mentioned. That was cool as hell. And then meet Juice Davis, and we go to his tailgate. So I get to meet a bunch of former players, literal legends. And then I make my way down to G10, and there's a band, and it is wild down there. And before I know it, I look down, I'm like, oh, it's time to walk into the stadium, 245 or so. I get up there, I'm in line. I look at my frickin' wallet and guess what is not in there? My damn oh, no. electronic tickets. No electronic tickets to be found. I am literally plowing through thousands of people trying to enter the stadium to try and get to, we'll call, to try and get some form of Wi-Fi or something, some, some way to get into this game I have a full fledged emotional breakdown even prior to the game. I think I'm not going to get in. I'm thinking I'm going to miss kickoff. And then it dawns on me that I'm going to get one of the only paper tickets handed out. And then I decided that I was going to settle down because I was like, I'm going to have a paper ticket for when we beat Bama's ass. Sure enough, I have that paper ticket. It is about to go in a frame with my cigar pick. And hang on the wall of my new house. And what a perfect commemoration to the perfect day, the perfect win. And I don't care if it's one win. This win is literally just the beginning of this football team, period. There is no no question about it. We are going to the top. We are just now getting started. I just can't. I can't even get over this.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Like... (laughs) Leading up to it, uh, you know, trying to count on Neyland Stadium's Wi Fi for one, that's that's a deal breaker in itself. But you know, leading up to like the environment, like even if like me and Drew walked off, like it was so hard, like maybe 15 minute walks just to get to you know, TBA to get to the porta potties, it was like absolutely insane. And you know, like I mentioned, the vault walk earlier, absolutely crazy packed. Uh, it still doesn't feel real, you know, having a cigar, I smoked the victory cigar, still got that, so that's going up in the frame for sure. Um, I got a buddy who may or may not have a cool little item for me from on the field and uh, might be getting that sent to me. So that's going to be pretty cool. But man, it was just absolutely insane. And like just go out there and, you know, to one say you're back in general, but you put up 52 points on the so-called best team, the dynasty that's been built that we've been fighting for 15 years to end. You put up 15 points, Josh Heupel, you know, X's and O's, him and Alex Golish went crazy and just seeing our guys get wide open. It wasn't like, Bama stumbled or anything like they were beating them across the middle, beat them, you know, legit, like went absolutely bonkers at their DBs and exposed them. And it was just crazy to see um, their linebacker, you know, Henry T being the worst PFF rated player. That was, you know, great. And just to see like, you know, Bama fall like it's just crazy. And the reaction from them has not been well. But man, like this is proves going forward no matter what happens. I know got to not look past anybody, but there's a legit shot that Tennessee can be a playoff contender. And, you know, the highest expectations from us was like 10 and two. So it's just crazy to see. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think that now we're
2: like talking about the potential of not only an undefeated season, but being, we have have the six best odds to win a national championship this year. Like think about if you told us that back in August, especially on that kickoff show, I would have called you an absolute lunatic and rightfully so, but like, you know, most points any team has scored in Alabama since 1907 against Sewanee, which I don't even know if Sewanee has a football team. I don't even know if they exist anymore. But, like, just the volume that it just speaks for Josh Heupel and this team. And, you know, and you see a lot of Alabama fans, especially the last couple of days, being like, oh, it's embarrassing that Tennessee fans storm the field at us because we're the standard. We didn't storm the field. Like, here's things. Like, yeah, we storm the field because we beat them, but you're talking about 15 years of frustration, just pain, mediocrity. Heartbreak after heartbreak, not towards Alabama, but Florida, LSU, Georgia, all these teams, always been told that we're never going to be back again, that Tennessee's living in the past, their fans can't get over the 90s. Well, guess what, motherfucker? We're back. We are fucking back. And there's not a damn thing that anybody in college football can do about it. And if you thought this whole entire fan base was awful before even this year, my God, you better hope we don't beat Georgia. I'm just telling you that right now because this place will be insufferable
3: for anyone that's not a Tennessee ball fan. See, that's that's the thing, too, is, like, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't about beating Bable because if you look at this game, like, isolated, it was number three versus number six, and number six was at home. So, like, yeah, if, if you have no historical context to this, then it's like, okay, like, y'all are just a bunch of wiener heads. Like, what are you doing? But then we got somebody in the comments saying, we literally went three and seven two years ago. Like that was the, the worst, the worst record we've ever posted in the history of our like entire existence, which also follows the two years before that when we when we posted another historic low, going four and eight in a regular season. So I mean it's like, and, and then again there's the whole fifteen years of that. There's the what the two and sixteen against Florida now. There's Georgia whooping our ass every time. So it's like no, this is like. This is like 20 years worth of pent-up anger that we've been just holding yeah. on to. And like now the fact that we're actually coming around and like beating people and they're like, Oh, y'all need to act like you've been here. Well, honestly, some of us haven't. It. It's like some of us legit have no but like it. hell. So like, you like, shut the hell up, dude. It's sports. I'm gonna no, talk about like, shit. Exactly.
2: And I don't care if people are like, well, we need to act better class here. No, <laughs> fuck that. I yeah. want everyone in the air, oh, flicking mm-hmm. everyone off like our baseball team. I want people to hate us because you know, you don't hate teams that suck. You no, hate teams that kick no. your ass, all right? I want that hatred, and I'm glad we're getting that because that really proves that everyone is terrified of us, and we haven't had that feeling in my life, in my 20s. No. I know no. everyone else here hasn't had that feeling either.
0: You're right, Drew. Everyone is terrified of us. Um, I want to pull up where I want to find this. Where did I get it today?
3: why while you're looking for that low, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose the question because okay. I know you're, this is where you're going. But one of our uh, one of our listeners, CK Fisher underscore three, is about to ask, "When was the last time we've seen Bama meltdown like this after a loss? Maybe the kick six. So, just think about that while Low brings this up, because I still wanted to get to some of that stuff too.
2: <laughs> I don't know because like it might have been last year against Texas A M because I remember reading a story that someone shot their brother. Oh my god! Bosses. But like. This fan base, though, I mean, you, you, you know, you got to remember, they don't really – they have very low IQ, okay? They're all inbreds, all right? So, I mean, it very—it makes a lot of sense as to why, like, they shoot their cousins and their sons and all this Sheesh. stuff when they lose football games. Because, I mean, when you live in the state of Alabama, you got nothing else to look forward to because it's a complete hellhole.
1: So. I mean, from all the takes I've seen, bro <laughs> – all the takes I've seen of, you know, blaming the goalposts, being short on one side <laughs> that Chase takes yeah. it on, or that they miss on, or the referee's hand motion when he went up, like, with his hands yeah, to bro, put a touchdown, what? to seeing everything else, man, it was just absolutely crazy, like, from Omari Thomas to the defensive pass interference, like, they think we got called, but, you know, like, all the penalties on them, but three, were because of kneeling like it was because of noise in there and like they literally folded under pressure and they had two delay of games that weren't even called when i went back and watched the film like it was just crazy to see like they were in shambles and like Will anderson and bryce young said they had major anxiety and i thought it was crazy how gerald Mincy kind of capped that off as like not nah, them like you just so. <laughs> <Heck> Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay so i couldn't find the exact description but i i cannot believe i didn't screenshot this but you talk about everyone being scared of this. This was posted on like one of the uh, Georgia dogs forums or whatever. And it was a two paragraph post about ensuring that you did not allow a Tennessee football fan anywhere near your home. Even if they're your friend, do not let them stay at your house for game week. Do not allow them to have a ticket. Um, If they have a ticket, make sure that you burn the ticket because the Tennessee volunteers are going to bring at least 50,000 people down to Athens, and that they have to make sure that their fans are just as loud there because they know that it's going to be the biggest game of the year. They called it the biggest game of the year. Guess who the hell is in that game? Us, Tennessee Vols, are in what Georgia is calling the biggest matchup of the year. They're terrified for us to enter their fucking stadium. I want to talk too about some of the like the stats against this Alabama game, though. So if you go back and look at this, sorry, I have so many screenshots from all of these hysterical tweets and shit. I just can't, I can't get over it. Let's see.
1: Like I want, I want to point on that stadium comment though. Like, if Georgia's scared like that, like they obviously saw what we did in Baton Rouge a couple weeks back, and if we go out there and do that, it's going to be absolutely crazy. Not even a day after we beat Bama, there's a viral TikTok of a Vols fan in the Georgia Stadium in Sanford Stadium right now, and it's the over intercom saying evacuate the stadium like you're trespassing. And he's like, "Bro, the gates were open. Like we're already looking forward to that game. We got to take care of a uh, Kentucky first. Right? Yeah. When we play, when we play Georgia and Athens, they better pray that we haven't, you know, had this game bought out by our fans months prior because if we show up not just the 2500 allotted, but it's going to be 15, 20000 000 fans, and it's going to be crazy.
0: I know of one singular ball fan who has already who bought like 12 tickets four weeks ago. i I have tickets. I mean, I know of a ton of people. But going back to this Alabama game, just to prove like how elite this offense is, Tennessee was averaging 46.8 points per game leading into the Alabama game. The Tide had the number two scoring defense in the entire SEC. And now, after that game, Tennessee is averaging 47.7 points per game. When in the hell did you guys ever think that our scoring average would go up against Alabama?
1: Well, to be honest, like, the hype offense, seeing it, like, the first year and this year, like – the first big game, I think, was, like, against LSU, how he scored 40. But before that, my only expectations for, like, SEC games was, like, 38 points, 30-plus. 30 because, you know, that's just how we had to be in a dogfight with teams. You know, we would blow out FCS teams. But now year two is installed. You have the front-runner quarterback for the Heisman, Hooker, according to ESPN today. And just to see how it went out, like, the touchback of my comments earlier about the game plan and, like, how hype and them slashed them, they were ranked the number two defense. And Tennessee went out there and exposed them. And it's just absolutely crazy to see like the installments, the in-game adjustments, you know, to get people open. Like I said pre-show, like it wasn't just guys, you know, getting lucky on plays of Bama players falling down and you know being misaligned. Like they were going across the middle and gashing these guys, these five-star talents. And Jalen Hyatt, Hotel Hyatt or Hyatt Place, whatever, he's always open, man. It was just crazy to see him step up and just have a like a day. Like we went out there and had the perfect game plan. Like he slashed them. Oh. Yeah, a thousand percent. But, like, you know, one type, of, one group of
2: people we haven't talked about enough from this Tennessee team oh, is our man. offensive line, guys. Amen. We love one sack and two tackle for losses, you know, and especially against an unbelievable front seven that Alabama has. I mean, these three or four guys are going to be going to the pros next year for sure. It speaks volumes, and especially when Darnell Wright is playing in different positions and everything. Like, it's just – it's unbelievable. But not even – even on top of that, though, guys – we're still missing Cedric Tillman. I mean, like, we're still missing probably, like, the second most important guy on our offense as far as talent goes. So that has to be terrifying for any defense to know, just to think, my God, like, you know, not only they torched Alabama, but they did it without even their best wide receiver and arguably their best offensive player as well. So it's just unreal. This team just gets better and better. And, I mean, you know, you got to pray for the coal miners in two weeks when they come down here. I mean, my God going to be a damn funeral
3: for them. There's no doubt about that. Hey, one one thing we did talk about, though, uh, leading into the LSU game and definitely leading into this one is how fast of a start we needed to get off to because yeah. we did start a little bit slow in our earlier weeks. But I mean, there was the whole box kick and then the punt return against LSU. So we got up 10-0 quick. But I mean, when have we ever put on 21 on Bama and under like eight minutes in the first quarter? I think we were up 28-14 to at the end of the first. 28-10. 20, ten I mean, like, when does this ever happen? You know? And it's like, oh shit, like we're we're already down like two and a half touchdowns. Like we, we gotta do something. When have we ever had Alabama playing on their heels like that?
0: You know? I don't know. And I wanted to I that was uh, something that I brought up literally at the game. I was like, when have we scored this much on Alabama in the first quarter? I couldn't find it. I don't know if it's ever happened, to be quite honest with you. Um mm-hmm. it at first.
3: And it just it like it happened so consistently too, like we would we had uh we we would get stopped, but then we'd stop them and then come right back and score. There was never a time where I didn't feel like our offense wasn't going to move the ball against them, which again has not happened in like at least our lifetime. And then there's there's a time when uh, Hendon and Jabari fumbled, and I mean Tennessee Tennessee teams of old that would have ended them. <laughs> they would they would have folded, and then Ben would have put up two or three more touchdowns, and then they would have went about their merry way. But I mean, there was never a point in time in this game where I was like, "Yeah, we're done." Like, just throw in the towel. I mean, any, any punch we took, we'd get back up and we throw another one. And I mean, you just can't really ask for much more from us.
0: Most honorable, worth mentioning, Alex. Not only you mentioned that fumble, uh, which looked like a just a miscommunication. They didn't know if they were going to fake it or take it um, yeah. run play. But you know, Hendon also threw that interception, so we had two turnovers. But we only had six penalties for 39 yards. And everyone keeps complaining about the, you know, the penalty, um, like offset and how Alabama, they had their most ever in entire program history. They should have had more. And in fact, they got gifted seven points on the damn scoreboard when that should have been offensive pass interference yeah. on instead of defensive. And even the CBS commentators caught that shit. Also worth noting, I always love looking at the time of possession because this is just remarkable to me. We had the ball 22 minutes, 31 seconds to Alabama's 37 minutes, 29 seconds. Still, we basically forced them to play our game every single time, every single play, and we were also able when we needed to to really slow down especially in that fourth quarter, that really nice sustained drive. Um, I mean, it was, everything was picture perfect. No one looked nervous. Um, I mean, we went down. Okay. When we went down and had that fumble, I did like bend down for like a full minute. Cause I was so sad. Cause I was like, I still had faith, but I was like, please don't, please don't let it happen. Like, Oh, my watch is getting in on the conversation. I was like, please don't let this happen like this. This team deserves it all. And then I was like, you know what? You said it from the moment you walked in here. They're going to win. And I'll be damned if they didn't just storm right back down the field and do what they needed to do again. It's really incredible. I mean, to be mid-season, like literally halfway through the season, and this team has the biggest pair of balls I've ever seen in my life, and so does Coach Heifel too. It's incredible.
1: Brando, Mike. Man. Okay, I thought the yeah. first, like, I thought it was really key when uh when Jabari got in, and then after that drive, Jalen on the option, you know, from Hendon on that little run into the end zone, you know, Tennessee red zone offense. They're still a hundred percent on the season, and they continue that streak against Alabama. That's absolutely crazy. Like if, when you get inside in that close, like Heupel's gonna dial something up, expose your defense, whatever your formation is, he's gonna audible it, and he's gonna you know get something going, and it's worked every single time. But I also wanted to give a shout out to our rush defense. You know, everyone talks about Bryce Young, but another thing has been Jameer Gibbs, you know, being a Heisman contender with his running ability. Tennessee held him to 114 rushing yards, like, in total for Alabama. That's absolutely insane. Um, there's a lot of guys that made a lot of name for themselves and a lot of money for the future going into the NFL draft if they decide to go. But, man, like Amari Thomas, uh, you know, Danico Slaughter, guys on the defense that stepped up, when, you know, we didn't have veteran guys, and we were kind of worried about that. Heck, we even had a walk-on DB out there at once. And, like, it just proves to the point that, like, Hybel's doing this, you know, 30 players down, the NCAA thing, you know, now doesn't even have a full 85-man roster, only one class in. And he went out there and game-planned and scripted, you know, put up 52 points, but, you know, just completely stopped him when it mattered too. And it, it was crazy, like, you know, to see Nick Saban try to take as many points as he could and not go the route as other coaches, you know, trying to go for it on fourth down. He was kicking field goals, trying to take the points that's where it kind of bit him because Tennessee went out there and, you know, went up 28-10 in the first quarter. And then later, you know, when you try to kick that ball, like I think if, you know, Bama gets closer, they could have. And, you know, probably won. But to see, like, us come out with that, the worst, best kick of all time, Chase McGrath getting the seal of the win. Like, that guy is a legend. You know, winning the Rose Bowl and now coming and, be, you know, beating Bama in the, you know, third Saturday of October, that's just W. You know, the one thing that really
2: surprised me as well is, like, I don't know about y'all from last year, but, like, I was always a little bit hesitant when we were in the red zone within five yards because we would always be from shotgun. So seeing us being in the I formation there and, like, getting Princeton Fant as a fullback get in, like, I thought that was awesome just because you would never expect that from Josh Heupel in this offense. But, like, speaking of Princeton Fant, I felt like he's bounced back big time, especially the last couple of weeks. That huge rushing touchdown he had in the first quarter – and that two-point conversion as well from that shuffle pass that Hinton Hooker had, which really, I think, skyrocketed our confidence, you know, especially jumping from a five-point to a seven-point lead. And I think that was, like, a huge game-changer more than anything else. And especially, I'm sure Chase McGrath was, uh, you know, taking a big sigh of relief after missing that extra point. But, uh, man, 15 years, guys. 15 years of heartache fucking finally over. And, I mean, we're talking about not only, you know... In- the championship appearance,
3: but hell, a national title. Who knows? I mean, it's just fucking crazy. Hey, and, and the fact that, like, we're not delusional entertaining the NFL <laughs> <of football laughs> playoffs. Like, we're actually, like, of sound mind when we're saying this. Because I saw some – I don't know who retweeted it. It might have been you, low honestly. But it was, like, before the game on Saturday, we had, like, a 22% chance of getting in. And beating them put it up to, like, 50%. Like, the way, <sighs> the way this could play out would be absolutely incredible – and I feel like more often than not, right now as it stands, we end up in the playoffs. And like, when when have we ever been able to say that? Right? I don't know. I,
0: I, mean, I do want to give. I do want to dive into that because I have a ton of stats on that. But I wanted to give a highlight to two of my favorite uh, player posts on social media after the win. My first favorite was Jeremiah Crawford who posted two like awesome photos a field photo a another field photo and then his video throwing up basically talking shit in in throw up form to the Alabama uh, sideline is just absolutely all time he says them boys you don't want to beef with i absolutely freaking love that i mean and then the next one is jeremy banks who says glory to god this is why we came here bro and a hundred thousand fans bringing music to my ears that's a big fuck you to henry tooto right there i love that shit troll him right back yeah that puts me in such a great mood to see that but you're talking playoff let's talk playoff so Everyone's talking about Ohio State-Tennessee being like the top two offenses, probably the best shot at the playoffs logistically. But Ohio State, as of today, is the same record as us, 6-0. They've been top three all year. They've received 17 number one votes. They have not played one top 25 team. And they have two wins against Arkansas State and Toledo, Okay. Then, everyone, you look at this, and this is, I'm pretty sure this is from a verified source, but I can't quote all of this shit 100%. But if you look at the strength of records, so from week zero all the way to now, Georgia is fourth, Ohio State is seventh, Tennessee is first, and Michigan is third. If you look at the strength of schedule overall, Georgia is 76th, Ohio State is 82nd, Tennessee is 12th, Michigan is 73rd. And if you look at the remaining strength of schedule, then Georgia is 14th, Ohio State is 21st, Tennessee is 13th, and Michigan is 17th. When you hear those numbers, the AP poll voters probably don't give a shit about any of that. But I know that the college football playoff committee sure does. And everyone keeps trying to give these scenarios about Well, would it be better for us to lose to Georgia or this or that or the other? At some point, our strength of schedule is going to have to come into fucking play. And I know it's not going to come into play with the AP voters, but I can't decide what scenario would be best. But what I can say is that there is no way in hell, in my personal opinion, by listening to that, looking at the stats, looking at our schedule, looking at our wins, etc., that we should not be number one right now. And I want to hear everyone's legitimate opinion on this.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, I think this week we got, what, 15 first play votes, like 15 of them in Ohio State got 17. So, I mean, we're kind of there, but I I agree whenever it comes to the college football playoff committee, like it's going to be a whole different thing. I would be shocked next week when the official, you know, beginning of that starts, if Tennessee isn't number one, just with our wins, you know, going into Baton Rouge, you know, beating Bama, beating Florida. Those are huge games. You know, all of our teams that we've beaten are above 500 besides Akron, who's just a poverty program. And other than that, I mean, it's just there's just no way like going forward, like you're gonna beat a really good Kentucky team that you know has made some mistakes, should be a top ten team, but they're Kentucky. And you know you got UT Martin this week. You know that's another that's seven and 8 and zero. You keep going, you take care of business. Like even if you do down the line, if we're gonna look ahead, say you do like lose that game, if Georgia beats Bama in the SEC championship, even if they lose, like there's still an arguable conversation with Tennessee's strength of schedule and who they beat and play that they should get in. Like there's just no way. And it's going to be hard to deny that. I know there's only four spots, but, like, we have the best resume. There's no one's strength of schedule compared to ours. And we go out there, and we have the number one offense. We're just – we're leading all countries, like, all categories. And it's just – it's hard to deny. No, I mean, like,
2: I would agree with that. I mean, as far
1: as, like, what our best
2: – what's the best route in order to make sure that we make the playoff, it's just – I mean, I don't know, guys. Just win every fucking game. Just win. Game. Like, just, win. Just, just win, you know. Win it. But – I mean, as far as the AP, though, like, you got, you also got to remember that, like, Ohio State was in a bye week. And just traditionally, the way polls work, they don't, you know, even as big of a win it is of beating a number two or a number three, they're not going to bounce a number one team off the number one spot based on the bye week. Cause that, I mean, in their argument, that's a little bit unfair because if the roles were, reversed, we would be racist about it. And rightfully so. But if you just, I think if you just, you know, even if you lose Georgia, you gotta I mean you gotta have to have Georgia beat Alabama because if Bama wins the SEC championship and they're eleven to one, then you have an eleven to one Georgia, and then you have an 11-1 Tennessee, they're gonna go with the SEC champion every single time, automatic bid, no matter what. But then you're also gonna to have to look at Georgia and be like, well, you know, they went undefeated in the regular season and they lost in the NCAA title game, Tennessee lost to Georgia, and then you know, we get to camp. But even regardless, I mean, guys, the fact that we're even talking about this is, like, absolutely insane. I mean, like, so it's just cool to finally hear Tennessee if even be in the conversation about making a college football playoff or even
3: an SEC title game for that matter. So, yeah. but we're in good hands. We're definitely in good hands. No, I think you brought up good stats talking about uh, what Ohio State's done this season. You said they didn't beat one uh, top 25 team. They did beat one team that's above 500, and everybody else is not. Uh, Rutgers, a solid program, is three and three. Notre Dame, solid program, is three and three. Wisconsin's three and four. And then Michigan State's two and four. And good old Butch Jones' Arkansas State Red Wolves are two and five. So I don't know how you look at that team and you say 17 people really got together like they're number one. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me when you've got <laughs> us who have won four top 25 games and just come off a walk-off win against Bama. It just doesn't make sense.
0: But, well, if, well, if you talk to anyone on Twitter, they would say, oh, it only counts if they're if they're ranked the next week. What a fucking crock of shit is that? I'm sorry, but what in the hell kind of logic is that?
2: I will make this argument just because I had all of those people, especially Clemson and Ohio State, think blow on my mentions two weeks ago about that comment, I will say, like, the Pittsburgh win, like, you know, it's good that we beat them for sure because they don't look good at all. I mean, they, they got housed by fucking Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech is trash. I mean, they're horrible. You know, in Florida, Florida got Florida 45 points to LSU, and LSU's offense ain't worth a damn, you know. So, but even even besides that, though, I mean, it's still – Ohio State's resume is still terrible. I mean, you know, like it's just and it, it always will be because the Big Ten is just not is an overrated conference. They don't play anybody. They never do. I mean, they're playing fucking Iowa this Saturday. And Iowa's horrible. So but they will have to lose the game in order for us to get that number one spot. And I think honestly, regardless, if we beat Georgia on the road, who who gives a shit? I mean, like that that solidifies our spot in the playoffs. Like, like you beat Georgia, we're in. We're in no matter what. Even if we lose the SEC title game, it does not matter. We're we're automatic. So I know that. Just be Yeah, I'm gonna... and there's only one time at, of the year where number one matters, and it's when we win the fucking national championship at the very end in January.
1: 3, Listen, 3, I'm just gonna say it, man. Like. I'm fully bought in. Like, I, I I definitely think we're going to Stanford Stadium and beating Georgia, and our, our crowd's going to show up, like we said. Like, that environment's not only going to be dangerous, but, you know, people are going to be barking at us. But we can do the talking on the field. This offense, just to point out, like, Ohio State, everyone raised about their offense, but to point at our strength of schedule, like, we're doing it against top 10 teams, top 25 teams, and we're going out there and putting a statement. 52 on Alabama? None of us had 52 points in our prediction. If, if I would have said that we we're going to score 50 points on Bama, last week on last Wednesday's show before the fucking game. There's no way. And, like, I think we're all confident that we had to go like go in there we had a chance to win. But, you know, our offense, like, Hypo outcoached Nick Saban, one of the oh. best in the game. Like, he completely oh, yeah. outcoached him. He was throwing tantrums on the sideline after they muffed that punt. Like, it was beautiful content to see. And it's just, you know, crazy. I think no matter what, this team is going to go out there with an edge. And even Hinton Hooker said locked in. Like, we're just looking forward to the next game. And they truly mean that. Like, whenever he came back last year, he, him and Heupel said, let's go to Atlanta. And they're really trying to do that. And I think we're going to take care of Georgia, go to Georgia, and play Bama again. Henry Toto said, we'll see him again. But I think it's going to be the same outcome. And I just – I truly think this might be the year. Like, who would have thought we'd be in freaking natty contention, man? Like,
0: My top three?
1: It's, it's insane. I'm and
0: not – I can't I, – if this happens, if this happens, if the balls pull this off, I, it's a new fucking tattoo for me 100%. Oh, there's easy. something around it. Um, probably not going to be an ass tat. It'll be somewhere even more obvious. Hey, that.
3: Hey, if we win the national championship, there's going to be a power T on my left butt cheek, and it'll be there as soon as, the, as, soon as we win. I'm putting,
0: I'm putting something somewhere obvious because I want to shove it in everyone's faces every time. I'm doing it if it happens. But y'all, okay, so everyone thinks that one, I guess the best pathway is obviously to win all of our games. I certainly think that we can beat Georgia. That he is no Bryce Young at all. They can't keep up with us offensively. But no one thought about the possibility, and I do think this is a possibility because Bama is down right now. Bama is down right now. What if we played Ole Miss? See,
3: wait, and- I, that's what I was. I was kind of going to get to that. There's a scenario.
0: Undefe- a that,
3: scenario. We lose to Georgia. Georgia goes to the uh, to the SEC championship game, Bama loses to Ole Miss, then Ole Miss loses to Georgia in the SEC championship championship game, and you've got like two 12-1s and, and two 11-1s from the same conference.
0: Or even I more, Ole Miss, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss beats Bama, and then...
3: <laughs> Wait, that's what I
0: said, I thought. No, you said something else, I think.
3: Oh, sorry. Ole Miss beats Bama, yes.
1: Ole okay. Miss and Georgia Miss go to the Bama. championship game. Bama. Bama.
0: Georgia. Ole Miss Georgia. It's
1: gonna be
0: Ole Miss in Tennessee. And, uh, we beat Georgia. We both meet up in the SEC championship. That they would need like ten thousand fucking security guards for a game like that after last year. Maybe even oh, yeah.
2: more. You're also I, talking about the possibility if that happened that we would more than likely play Georgia in the college football playoff as a one and four. So
3: which is even my I life. Like that. God I I don't really care because that's, I mean, they've been doing that. They've
1: been trying to avoid rematches like the plague. So I really don't care who we're playing. Like, I think all last year we begged, like if this defense could be a single bit better and they have in the rushing game, I know we're getting gashed passing by elite quarterbacks, but in the rushing game, like we're locking these people down and making them go all the way down the field and still stopping them, which is pretty much working. And we beg for that. Our offense is out there exceeding expectations from last year. Definitely year two numbers. Whenever it's said and done, it's gonna be astronomically better than year one. And I think no matter what, who we play, like we're gonna go out there and score points. We're gonna go out there and make you have to play and change your game plan, which we saw with Nick Saban, Billy Napier, and now uh, Brian Kelly, like all three of them, elite head coaches that had to go out of their game of how they've coached for years and decades and to adjust to this offense. Like he's going out there and playing chess on these teams. Like, it's just—it's crazy to see. And I truly don't think anyone can keep up. I just don't think anyone has the talent with our – like, our defense is underrated. I'm going to say it. Quick plug, Brian Kelly had our (laughs) offense figured out, though. I I will not agree
2: that our defense is underrated. Our defense, outside of literally our front seven, is fucking trash. But – And we just – it's facts. I mean, our dude, freaking Bryce Young threw 450 yards on us, and Anthony Richardson threw over 400 yards against us. Like, we need to like we need to pep this a little bit. All right? Like, I agree, our offense fucking rocks. We're great, but our defense, let's be real, is trash. Let
0: right? me let me give you a little bit um, of rebuttal with that, Drew. I will I'll, statistically, like looking at the stats, yeah, it looks fucking terrible, but these guys are feeding off of the energy of the offense and are still coming down when they, when they absolutely have to, we had a walk on in a walk on in against Alabama in the most important drive of the entire fucking game. And we held them to a field goal attempt and they missed it. That, that is incredible. That never happens to us ever. So, yes, statistically, it looks bad. However, they are feeding off the energy of everyone else on that damn football field and on that sideline to somehow get it done, and that's all that matters. I
2: I agree with that, but that's also because we probably will wind up, I think a lot of people will agree, with the greatest offense in the history of college football. I mean, we're seeing it But I'm just saying, the only team that I think where I would be a little bit nervous about where I think they would keep up with us offensively, is Ohio State. Oh, yeah. State, like, their defense isn't great, but, man, their offense is, like, unreal. And C.J. Stroud's, like, freaking stupid. I mean, there's a reason why he's a high school But that is the only team I could see where we would lose to them. Georgia, they got a better defense than Alabama. But even then, I mean, I still have zero doubt that we won't at least drop 45 on them either. So, but regardless guys, I mean, we're going to be in the playoffs. It's like, you know, it's yeah. fucking nuts. <laughs>
1: I was gonna say I we're going so. to the college football playoffs. We're going and to the I'm S- already, championship.
0: I'm already like putting down some pretty hardcore bets trying to fund my way there. Um, today I figured out how to put myself on a waiting list for tickets for the playoffs. I am um, locked in, man. I, I don't need those. Know. I need that link. Yeah, um, drop the so link. <laughs> send it in the group chat. It. I am going. You um, I mean, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity so if we make it i'm going i don't give a shit
1: hopefully ronnie's listening so that's what i'm saying i hope so <laughs> it's no Ron. it's like,
0: ronnie this is a business trip
1: right <laughs> literally he talked about sending us to maui no send us to the college football playoff i will sacrifice the maui trip for just like the playoffs for yeah. sure easily but um to point out like about our offense man this is absolutely crazy tennessee their instagram uh posted this like we're the only school in the country to average 320 passing yards and 200 rushing yards per game. Uh, Tennessee has scored 40 times, four times this se- or 40 points four times this season, eleven times under Heupel. We scored 30 points in nine straight games, uh, 52 points, most points against an AP top 25 op- opponent in program history, 50 points. Tennessee has scored 50 points three times this season, six times under Heupel. We begged for an offense, but he's going out there and with what he's got on both sides of the ball. He's not even giving teams a chance to keep up. Like, you have to have elite talent. And you saw it this past weekend with all the loaded classes. How many number one classes has Bama had? Josh was only one under his belt. All the people that left, transferred, including Henry T, all the talent gone. And he went out there and exposed them. Like, it was not even close, to be honest. Like, he went out there and put him in the dirt.
0: God dang. It's just incredible. I would, I mean, we got, we can do anything for this man. I don't care. He has to stay. This guy's legend.
2: Like- how awesome is it known as well to like Henry T walking back to the bus, crying and <laughs> at the same time, Derek Dooley's goofy ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no.
1: That was fucking crazy That's
2: when funny. I saw that, bro. So embarrassing while he's making his firm $31,000 a year over there as an analyst. As an analyst. Just like, I mean, it, it's, we've come full circle guys. I mean, those are two individuals that were higher ups of a football program. When we were at our rock bottom and, here we are, crying tears, eating microwave spaghetti, after hell. Brando's fucking chugging Tito's.
0: chugging Tito's. Bro,
1: <laughs> it's the decade of the balls. Like, I fucking, I can't help, I've been drinking since Saturday. I mean, fuck.
0: Oh my god, Brando's just like, I don't need a mixer. F it, it's Wednesday.
1: Brando, Brando's afraid to drink a beer, but he'll chug Tito's, so. That, that, is that is a fact i had my first beer this past saturday at the tailgate and it was a Boulder rock apple it was beautiful though it's not it beautiful.
2: That, that is not a beer
1: I, can we just point that no. out i just want to talk about that like the like the hospitality man like spires the go like what they're doing every tailgate like the environment the energy you know circle park was freaking lit it was lit up from fox sports showing up everything like the vibes were crazy. So yeah, I'm gonna bask in the glory. I'm gonna continue the streak because, like, bro, we beat Alabama, 52 points on Nick staven's head. He cried, tears.
0: Oh, All <laughs> of it. They're not- they're so bad. yeah,
1: fuck a chase, I mean. Wait, I did kind of want to talk about something
3: too, though. You know how? So obviously, number 10 from Bama decided to like. They made that. They made that pregame video. And He was talking like one of the oh, that this is opinion. just business as usual. Princeton, Princeton fan. Uh, uh, like, okay, that's that's cool and all. But then, like, I respect our social media team so much by everything they posted just being some petty ass shit. Like <laughs> they had they had Princeton fan in the locker room after the game, like, it's just business, it's just business. <laughs> <Like, laughs> Post it everywhere, posted everywhere. I want to see that shit because they they like people say they don't care about beating us, but then they do like. Pre-game videos of players that transfer from us talking about us like y'all talk about us just as much as we talk about y'all so i just don't want to hear it but i just i love our the painting and our stuff also shout out to Nealand stadium for the second the clock going off and we winning they are blaring dixieland a lot
0: that was
3: like I was, that was I a was dream it, it didn't America feel real and then that song came on on tv and i was like turn that shit up i got <laughs> it i got fucking chills
1: bro <laughs>
0: I have just, like chills the whole game. I need that version of the fans singing that on Spotify, like so I can play it on my way to work every fucking day. It was beautiful. Bro. The side chant was on point and just as loud as the regular song. It was absolutely beautiful. That needs to be clipped in its entirety and put on Spotify as a new version. I want it as my damn ringtone.
2: It was it was beautiful. I, mean, I joked about that, like, oh man, how great would be. The- Dixieland Delight, like, at this game. And, like, as soon as they played, I was like, holy fuck. Like, just literally the whole entire crowd, literally them bringing down the field goal in the middle of the fiddle solo. Like, everything about that was, like, unfucking real I mean, literally now, every single time I hear that damn song, I get, like, a little teary eye almost because I'm like, (laughs) it just brings you back instantly to that moment just seeing 30,000, you know, fucking raging ball fans just tearing down field goal posts. After beating Bama on a knock, you know, walk off field goal, like it's just, God damn it, dude, I want to relive. Yeah. We, like, I want to really. That's so bad,
1: <laughs> bro. We really like, retook our song, like Dixieland. A lot. It's a song about Tennessee. It always has been. Like, I even added the freaking thing at the bottom, the little banner. Like, it's it's a song about Tennessee, and bro, like to have that, the whole thing, like it was iconic. I literally freaked out to my mom, like, bro, like they're actually gonna play it. Like they were actually playing. It, it was just crazy. Everyone rushing the field, the scenes, then watching the Hypers press conference after I got home and like that whole thing going on there, the environment there. It was just insane, man. Like pandemonium. Uh, you know, shout out. We finally have an athletic director and a president that understand what to do at Tennessee. Randy Boyd saying, I'll pay that fine every time. Uh, you know, fans running on the field. I had someone tell me they talked to Danny White and said, Thank you for everything. And he said, Y'all deserve this. Uh, it's like my pleasure. And like, just to see guys that understood what was a task finally buy into like what we've been asked in the fan, run. Like it's turned out. And like, now we're six. 0 we're doing unheard things. Like I would have never believed that we'd be six. zero. I know I predicted like probably five and one, but it's just, it's crazy, man. Like absolutely insane bonkers. And it, it didn't feel real. I still look at it every day to make sure we won. I, know. I was there. I was there.
0: It's so crazy. Did y'all, y'all went down on the field, right? Mm,
2: I did. I- Literally, I was bawling so so much tears, and like it was such shock that like everything I just saw. Like I couldn't even physically move. Like,
0: yeah.
2: I, I just literally just sucked it all in. It was I couldn't do anything because literally it didn't even seem real. Like, especially after once we hit that field goal, it literally felt like I like I wasn't even there. If that makes any sense, like. Those- yeah. I feel
1: that. I feel that actually. It took me a while to get on the field.
0: It did not for me. I went, I don't know. I totally, and I shit you not, you say it's like it wasn't even there. I completely blacked out. Y'all saw my reaction video. I just went, I was only in row six. So I just followed everyone else and went sprinting down and I put my hand and my knee on the concrete and I scraped it all up to hell and leaped off the top. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how did I not tear something? It's like six and a half feet tall. And I just flew off the top of that thing. And now I'm still I've still got my little scrape over here that from the concrete. I'm hoping it scars so that I can say that (laughs) that is from leaping over the concrete barrier when Tennessee finally fucking beat Alabama again.
1: I'm going to explain this. So, like, my timeline was Bama, you know, drives on the field, gets in field goal range. At that point when that happens, you know, my head's down in my lap. I stand up for the field goal. You know, wide left. They miss it. Absolutely crazy. I'm freaking out. I can't take it. What's going on? I look down for one play, and I want to mention this drive. The last drive of the game, Josh Heupel and Hinden Hooker setting up two plays to get in the field goal range was the Heisman moment for Hendon Hooker this year. That man went bonkers. Brew McCoy somehow making that catch on the double clutch and double coverage, you know, being his biggest players of all yet. And, you know, I'm so happy for him to come from USC and experience this kind of moment where people wouldn't show up in their stadium and to have 101,915 people screaming your name and screaming Brew, that's just crazy. But to set that up, I didn't think, like I thought the game was going to overtime. I literally looked down and I looked up and Chase McGrath is kicking the game winning field goal. And I literally got sick. And the first thing I did after I took the video, was lighted up. I didn't care about my Instagram post, I didn't care about the social media. I lit up the cigar and just tears, man. Like it was crazy. I still say it's the best day of my life. And you know, then after it got unpacked, everyone's on the field. I went down there, soaked it all in, walked around for like 30, 45 minutes. I think the game ended at like seven, eight o'clock. I didn't leave Knoxville to go back to Nashville to about 2 a.m. Like, and I didn't go anywhere after Nealand Stadium. So It was just crazy, like, to be around y'all pregame, soak that all in. Like, I couldn't believe it. My first Bama game, my first Florida game, 2-0 in the biggest series of my life. Like, it's just – it's crazy. This team is special. They're the number one offense, the best team in the country, if you ask me, including our resume. And I would have never thought that we'd have all around athletically, you know, baseball, the number one best head coach. You know, Rick Barnes winning, you know, Coach of the Year. Freaking Josh Heupel, if he doesn't win Coach of the Year, it's fucking rigged. That man is a living legend, and it's just – it's crazy, man. Like, everyone's realizing how wrong they were, including our fans and the national media. And if we go out there and pull it off this year, if this year is the start of the decade of the Vols, it's going to be absolutely crazy. And let me tell you, these recruits, they're freaking taking notice, not just the 2023 class, including five-star David Hobbs and Bison who were there cheering on the balls. Like, David was down to Tennessee and Alabama, and I think this game might have pushed it to the limit to make David Hobbs be a ball. And just including the in-state class of 2024, you know, Steve Wolfong has made it no surprise. Four-star linebacker, number nine linebacker in the country, Edwin Spillman, Caleb Beasley, a top-ten corner from Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, um, you know, Marcus Gore and Boo Carter, all four Tennessee in-state prospects, the four best prospects in the state of Tennessee for the class, all crystal ball right now to be to Tennessee after that game. And, you know, to lock down the state, what Jeremy Pruitt couldn't do, what Butch couldn't do, what they all failed to do to really lock it down, It's This is a great class to do it, and, like, just to see not only us, but the future, like, kids never had a blueprint. I was six years old the last time we beat Bama. So, these recruits, they were, like, four, five, three. And, you know, for them to even have the glimpse of Tennessee being great this year, I think that is going to be astronomically huge recruiting down the line. Like, it really is going to skyrocket how close and how fast Tennessee can get back. And we're back now.
0: We are. We're back right now. Like, there is no – we may be back. We may be back. There is no we may be back. We're fucking back, and it is incredible. It has happened faster than anyone ever thought. All of us, we never thought it. I, If you would have told me any of this would have happened, if I would have been down on the field smoking victory cigars with my parents, I mean, this shit is just incredible. Like, there is absolutely nothing like it, and we're just – getting started i hope everyone has tears in their beers i want every fan base to feel the wrath of tennessee being at the top again and they're about to and i've said it i said this could be the decade of the balls but i didn't believe it i mean i didn't believe it like now maybe like four years you know and, but this is gonna be it
2: and we deserve this more than anything else. and like because what we've had to go through here and, you know, more on it coaches, comparing us, whether it feels dilly, comparing us to the Germans on D-Day or Chris Jones saying it takes seven or eight years to build a successful program and talking about, you know, energy vampires and then having a head coach like Jeremy Pro that didn't even know what fucking asparagus was and losing to Georgia State at home. We've gone through hell and back and been through so much shit and heartache we fucking deserve this more than anyone else. And quite honestly, like I said at the start of the show, the hell with the class. Like, be as blunt and arrogant and rude as possible. I had, we had a lady this morning, as matter of fact, girlfriend and I went to go have some lunch at Crackboro today, right? Old lady, 90-year-old, <laughs> she get, goes to my face and she's like, roll tide. And without even hesitating, Sarah goes over and she's like, roll over. So, I'm all about the I'm
1: all about that. We need that energy. We're fucking back, baby. Listen, oh, Drew. Oh,
0: my God. I love that.
1: Drew, he fell on a helmet, and that's what happened, okay?
0: <laughs> I but, mean,
1: guys, like, I mean, so, like, in hype periods, more than
2: anything else, you don't need six, seven, eight years to build a championship team. This fucker's done it in, like, less than two years. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Serious. And that's what big-time coaches do. Saban did that. Urban Meyer did that. Kirby
1: Smart did that, and Josh Heupel, in my opinion, deserves to be in the same class as those three people right there. I know that we put the whole nation on watch. Like everyone was cheering for Tennessee for the amount of people that hate Alabama. To be honest, but like man, I saw the perfect meme, and it was like, if you weren't with me when we got knocked off by Georgia State, you're not here with me with Josh Heupel. Like this is absolutely crazy. The amount of things we've been sufferable. Like I haven't even seen all of it, but you know, under Butch Pruitt. You know, everyone else, like Dooley, it was just – it was crazy to grow up in and, like, have a guy come in here, like you said, in two years, number one offense in the country for guys that he's scrapped together. He doesn't even have his five-star quarterback. I mean, he has one in Taven Jackson, four-star, but he hasn't even seen the surface yet. And, like, to see his system, you know, just to get forward, like the amount of recruits on the edge and the corner that were just, you know, racking up, racking up, guys buying in now at the wide receiver position. Like, it's only the surface. And I think, like, years down the road, I just don't think anyone's going to be able to have – the answer for this offense. I know they're saying, like, oh, eventually we're gonna stop it or is gonna leave. Like, that's been the Bama fans' excuse saying, Oh, he'll be gone in two years. But like, I think you're gonna understand like this is the kickstart. This man's gonna be here for a long, long time. And it's great to finally say that about it. one a head coach, but two be confident in the talent and the scheme that kids are gonna buy in and you're gonna be able to do this reload and go out there and scheme against these teams. And you've proven you can outcoach these guys. You don't need the talent, you're gonna go out there and out coach these guys no matter what they put on the field. And if he's in this prime like Josh Heifel, might be the best coach in college football. I'm just gonna say it. Like, realistically, it's realistic. I mean, he's going out there and making these guys look like children. Like, it's crazy.
0: Well, uh, interesting comment here, uh, Rev underscore Skitty. He says since there is technically no zero year and decade starts, decades start in years that end in one, so 2021 starts decade question mark decade of the balls.
2: Well, I mean, you know, Jamie Pruitt was right that this would be the decade of the Vols. He just got <laughs> involved in him, though. So, but, I mean, it's hard not to think this will not be the decade of the Vols. I mean, not just for football, but, my God, for every other sport, too. Whether if it's Lady Balls basketball, men's basketball, if that preseason number 11 ranking, too. Baseball, obviously, you know,
0: it's
3: prop it's
0: and, all right prop. here.
3: I was going to say, I saw something crazy. We have like eight sports ranked in the top yeah. 25. I've
0: got it right here. because I Including
3: won't... long jumping. Like, what the fuck?
0: So, this is, and then there was more honorable mentions that weren't even on this list. Number two, uh, Vol Baseball. Number three, Vol Football. Number five, Lady Vol Hoops. Number five, Vol Tennis. Number six, Vol Golf. Number seven, Lady Vol Swim. Number 11, Vol Hoops. Number 13, Vol Swim Dive. Number 16, Vol Soccer. Number or a top 25 ball softball team. We all also won the Cornhole National Championships and rugby. What oh, the well, hell is going on at this universe? the
1: Danny White effect. I mean, this guy comes in, he values athletics and he's dished around. Like I know when all the cuts happen because of whatever the COVID funds, but like he dished it around perfectly. Like he doesn't let down, even though the focus has been on football and getting us back. Like he's shown so much love, you know, locking down Tony Vatello you know, letting Rick Barnes do his thing NIO-wise and, like, everything else has been clicking. Like, the university athletics, like, he he's bringing it. And, like, he had the track record of doing it at a group of five school, like UCF. But, you know, to come into the SEC, like, he's doing, like – his family's known for being in that position. I think he might be, like, the best family member. Mikey White and his dad, who was the, you know, the AD at, what, Duke? Like, he's absolutely running things. And it's just, like, an incredible year for him, like a career building on him. Like, he's building a dynasty in all athletics – and it's just, you know, he, he values everybody. The social media impact for every single team has been huge. And I think, like, overall, like, it's making the fans buy. And I think we're going to have, like, multiple sports. Where you saw it last year with baseball. You've seen TBA get sold out. Even women's sports and everything else. Like, no matter who it is, it's like balls. Like, they're the topic of no matter what you're going to do. And it's just huge to see. Like, I've been looking forward to the rugby sports. So they play every Friday before Tennessee. And to see them beat LSU and Bama before we did, I mean, it was pretty cool to see. So, you know, all around, like, it's just crazy how important it's made an impact on. Like, he's doing the great thing. And I think we have to look at that. Like, it's been a while since we had competent leadership all around, not just head coaches, but leadership at the athletic university level to understand what to do. And that includes Plowman, you know, Danny White, Randy Boyd, all of them.
0: There's no doubt about it. I know that we could all probably talk about this for like six more hours straight, to be quite honest. But I do think it's important that we talk about this Saturday.
2: I was gonna say, like we oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> that we play
0: on Saturday. <laughs> we play this Saturday, homecoming. It is homecoming. It is at twelve o'clock. This team deserves to have a very nice crowd there. It is an affordable game. It is a noon game. You don't have to spend your whole night trying to sit in traffic in the parking garage. Okay. So I'm very much trying to advocate for as many people as possible to go to please be there and support these guys. Um, they're going to rack some stats up. It's going to be a great day. We're going to end up 7-0 and after this game. And it's homecoming. So these guys need all the support. They deserve the hell out of it. Let's make sure that we show up and give them that support, give them what they deserve.
2: I don't think it's going to be an issue uh, getting people on stage. Saturday for that game, especially considering we're the number three team in the country. So I'm sure it'll be slam packed. It'll be awesome. They'll do a pretty cool tribute about past summit. I'm sure since we play UT Martin, and you know, good old tribute to Smokey as well since his last game was last Saturday. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be a great game for sure, and I'm looking forward to
1: you know, seeing us win. You know, ninety five to zero. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard for me to hate on a, a UT system school, but if I had to, it would probably be Ty Simpson's dad. He's the, the head coach over at UT Martin. Overall, their offense is pretty impressive. You know, quarterback having a great year. He's kind of like a, a mini Hendo Cinco, it looks like, like with the stats. Really impressive stats. Uh, I think, you know, we'll have our hands full maybe for a quarter or two, but we're definitely going to be 7-0. Good cause. You know, let's show out for the team. You know, it's been a long time since we've been 6-0 and to say they're number three team in the country, like definitely need to show out, give them a, a good welcome. I know we got a huge next week, you know, we've kind of been exhausted by really huge games, but just go out there and show out, man, like, you know, go out there and, you know, give it, it all. And let's just go out there and get another W. I think it's going to be huge to see for the future as well, after we put up some points. So I want to see some guys, you know, get deeper in the rotations and see some younger freshmen get in. So really interested to see that. Um, definitely going to be there and really excited for that. It's the decade of the balls, beat Bama, and I just don't give a whole damn about the state, so.
3: Not only go deeper into the rotation, but definitely get our starters a rest. I mean, they've they've been going through it two weeks straight, and then uh, we got two straight more weeks after this game. But yeah, get them out as quickly as possible. Let the backups get some burn, like you was saying. And <clears throat> like like the good old Florida Gator killer himself said, treat UT Martin like it's UT Martin. Go out there, win a game, and then go home and enjoy the rest of your Saturday afternoon. I mean, when have we when have we been in a position to actually like quote unquote take weeks off? Like, I remember we were watching – I was watching the LSU game, and it was it was over before it even started. And I was just laying on the couch watching the game, just enjoying my day. And I was like, when have I ever watched a, a UT football game against a top 25 team on the road and, like, actually laid on the couch? I'm usually, like, <laughs> in the TV. Like, I'm actually in the play. I'm so close to the TV. Never have I been that way. So, I'm hoping the Saturday is the same.
0: Absolutely, guys. I am um, – like I said, we could go on forever. I know pro- many of our podcasts are just going to come back to these moments because we're always going to circle back to this. But, um, yeah, get out there, pack it out. We have everything in the world to be excited about in every sport, but right now it's freaking college football. This is the greatest time. This is the, this is the best time in my life to be sitting at this moment right now. I'm not even joking. I don't give a shit. If anyone thinks that sounds ridiculous, like this is everything I've ever wanted. And it's here. So let's enjoy it. Soak it all in. If you feel like chugging a bottle of Tito's on a
3: window.
0: (laughs) (laughs) everything we've been ever waiting for. And I'm on wine, so I'm not as hardcore as Brando is this evening. But this is it. Let's go cheer them on Saturday. Let's have an awesome freaking time. Let's get the win, and then let's look ahead to Kentucky. And that's going to be a fire-ass game, too. There's a lot of stuff going on then, but we'll talk about that more next week. Um, does anyone else have anything else to add?
2: We don't give a uh, thing of the whole
1: time, Martin Tennessee. at least for this. <laughs> we put the nation on notice. We're back. Uh, if you don't think we're going to the playoffs and winning the Natty at this point, you're just delusional. It's a realistic take. Deal with it. Hendon's Hooker is the Heisman candidate. He is the Heisman. And we're gonna go out there and take care of minutes, man. Like we're back. This offense is unstoppable, and I think this team is too. So Alabama fans are reaching for straws, trying to still find a way to beat us in that game. And
3: meanwhile, their coaches across, across the country, head coaches across the country are telling recruits not to show up to our games because they are scared that we might impress them. When have we been there? We haven't in our in our time on this great earth, God's green earth. I don't even know what else to say. Just go boss. That's all I got. <laughs>
0: I freaking love it, guys. We're at the top. We're staying at the top. We're just getting started. Make sure to pack it out Saturday. Show the guys that we love them. We support them. We love the staff. We love everything about it. Um, I just, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I don't know what else to say. So until next week, keep reading all of the Sad Alabama fans and their terrible tweets and their hysterical comments. Yeah, stop the steal. They want to replay. It's freaking hilarious. The meltdown. Keep looking at it, living it up. Stay on cloud nine, and uh, go support our guys Saturday. And that's all we have for you tonight. We like I said, we've gone for hours, but we are going to sign off. So good night and go Vols. You're out and go Vols.